Welcome back to Three Black Dots with Dr. Tiffany, Dr. Karen, and Dr. Zanetta. All right, Tiff, I see you're drinking. What you drinking? Cab. Okay. She going to keep it simple today. Huh? You keeping it simple Derek, today? Derek said, um, he was like, oh, are y'all, are y'all meeting tonight to record? And I said, yeah. He was like, you got your cherry Coke ready? Is that where you're cherry Coke? I mean, that's a cherry Coke, but I did get a fancy little straw here. Oh, that's, that's oh, wow. nice. You can put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. Yeah, cool. So what are you sipping through that straw? Just my water on the rocks, the huge. I already ha- I had my Coke earlier today when I had some of my Cuban food. Oh, Cuban, Cuban food. from lunch. Well, actually, it was it was usually just throw that out. Well, it was I lunch. Know, like, it was from, it's not like I'm having Cuban food. Where you are. I was gonna say there's like no Cuban food where no. we are. Like none. No, In Boston, none. I could get Cuban food like mm-hmm. with no yeah. problem. Yeah, no, and there's so none. Mm-hmm. No, there's not. You know, there's there's not thinking about Winston. Mm-mm. Don't. There's no Cuban food. No oh, food. actually, that is not true. There was a great Cuban restaurant that was open um, right by um, where the Dash played. The baseball yeah. team, the Dash? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. There was a Downtown. great co- um, Cuban restaurant there that we found when we moved here. Girl, but they, they, like, they tore that place up. They closed yeah, before. They're totally gentrifying that area. And I think we were like maybe oh. some of the last people to eat there because they were like, any day now we're going to just close the doors and that's going to be it. And we're like, no. Oh, so they're probably getting bought out then. I don't know. They had great, mm. great food. And we talked to the owners for a long time the last time we were there and they said that they were like scouting other locations sort of maybe not in Winston, but kind of local to the area and to kind of keep an eye out. You're um, always talking to the owners of an establishment. You realize this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you know, we talked to Joe and Lisa, and they were telling (laughs) Joe and Lisa, (laughs) Joe and Lisa, (laughs) Joe and Lisa. (laughs) Oh, you're funny. I I kind of kept looking for them on social media for like six months or so after that, and they never popped up again. Since I don't have Cuban food, I'm going to share with you what I'm drinking tonight. I haven't poured it yet. But this is how my child, um, she she really is bad for me in so many ways. But she's got me drinking moonshine, y'all. No, oh, this you. is a <laughs> what this is shine on moonshine? Georgia moon. Yes, apple pie. Wait, how, how, can I do that? Okay, look at that. So apple pie moonshine. And you see how much is already gone. What in this the stuff world is, good. is that? It is so good. It's like drinking out of like a mason jar too. So I got I got ice. It, 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 it is a mason here, jar. Yeah. Not that there's well, anything uh, wrong with that. Right. That was like so, they used to have this cheers. restaurant we used to go to where they would serve you drinks in a mason jar. In a mason jar. Po folks. That was the name of it. That was the name of the restaurant. Po folks. Po po folks. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And they served you in uh, a mason jar. <laughs> they had good food too. You know. <laughs> Did you see Karen's face when she said interesting? <laughs> what, what? Okay. I got to say, fix my face. I'm going to go. She's like, no, they're actually still open. Poor folks? Poor folks? No, it's it's P.O. folks. Yeah, I knew I knew exactly how it was spelled. Yeah, poor folks. Yeah, yeah poor okay, folks. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good. We, didn't, we weren't thinking poor folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn, it's good. like 
like like Poet po, po, po Parkway. You, you guys know Poet Parkway? When you're driving down to South Carolina, there's a there's a parkway called Poet. And I fell out when I first saw that. You know what? I have seen yeah. that. Mm -hmm. yep. But I, but I think I was Parkway. like, I was like, it must be pronounced different, differently. <laughs> I elected to say Poe White. Who is? <laughs> I didn't see that. I've never seen that. I've seen yeah, that. It's, it's right there. Right there. Pay attention. Um. Have y'all seen this um, backlash? Okay, there was an article that was published from um, the cardio in a cardiovascular surgery art, um, journal where the authors posed with fake social media accounts and friended um, residents and trainees who are cardiovascular surgeons to see what they were posting on their social media accounts and then published a paper that got accepted. <gasps> I did not, I didn't see this. Surgery talking about how unprofessional mm -hmm. um, these physicians were for posting things in their private social media accounts, like in bathing suits and bathing suits, yeah. us with alcoholic beverages. What? Um, what? So I, I thought I was actually preparing for something. I thought you were going to say something no, no. scandalous. So the, so the backlash <laughs> to that started. Exact, right. That's exactly the point. Right? I, I was, I, you know, I'm bracing for. Right. And so the backlash, I guess, started today or yesterday, where they a social media campaign and started. And these are residents? I think they were all trainees. Yeah. But there was a back... Uh, so a campaign started yesterday or today of, like, doctors in bikinis or something, where, <laughs> where people mm -hmm. are posting pictures of themselves in swimsuits with drinks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as a backlash. So... I mean, to me, it was kind of funny. Well, I mean, it's ridiculous, but also just like thinking about how we're trying to reach people and the idea of actually trying to reach people to educate them by being more real and more open. Mm -hmm. You know, at the same time, you have this stigma um, in the medical community of like, you shouldn't. And I mean... I don't understand why these authors felt the need to stalk people about their personal lives. Well, to me, more importantly, why would the journal feel like this is something that should be published? So I pulled up this study as you were talking about it, and it looks like it was published in 2019, I guess in December 2019. Maybe it was published online, and, um, and now it's in print form. Um, because at first I was very upset that with everything going on, this is what you're wasting your time on. <laughs> but I'll give you, I'll give them a little bit of grace because this happened on Christmas Eve, 2019. Um, the world was falling apart, but it had not yet collapsed as it is now. Mm -hmm. um, looking, looking at what they're calling inappropriate. So they said controversial social topics. Six accounts had controversial social topics. I, I don't know how you, at, what's deemed controversial. Nine accounts had inappropriate slash offensive attire. 29 accounts included holding or consuming alcohol. 
I mean, I just don't understand how this was even published. With everything that's going on in medicine, and you think about all the years and the history and all the bad things that happened in medicine, and this is what we're spending our time focusing on. I, I will say this. I do think as a physician, um, what you do matters. And, and I think you as a person should hold yourself to some sort of a standard, right? No matter what profession you're in, there's a certain standard that probably you should hold yourself to, right? I don't think any of this is that, you know? And, and it's, I, I think it's just a little bit disappointing that they wasted their time and they could be doing mm -hmm. we, real research that could be helping people. And I think we were talking one time about, you know, particularly people of color who have vascular problems and their limbs are amputated for no good reason. We, they could spend a lot of time dealing with that rather than something like this. So, I mean, it's, it's a waste of ink. It really is just yeah. a waste of ink. And, and the challenge is, this is part of the social media storm, if you will, that is so unfair to the current generations because frankly, um, there was bad behavior. Absolutely. Always, particularly for people who end up being physicians. Number one, young people make mistakes. Right. And, and they should be allowed to make mistakes and they shouldn't necessarily be held accountable to all their mistakes. You know, I mean, there are people who have gotten drunk before uh, who are who are physicians today. There are people who may have um, been uh, in bad relationships before um, or maybe had were in a wet T-shirt content. I don't know, whatever. But there wasn't everybody with a phone right, who is capturing everything or putting it right. online. And social media now has become this thing where it collects the good, bad, and the ugly, and then people are held accountable for that. And, and there's pros and cons to it, right? We talked about this, you know, the fact that Amy Cooper was filmed calling the cops and putting on an act was actually a good thing because people saw that police can be weaponized. But... I, it's really hard when you talk about professionalism and and who's the one who's saying what's professional and what's not. That's my that is that's the thing. Yeah, my point. Right. Let me look at these authors. <laughs> you know, and and it's like interesting. It's like wow, I wonder what's on their social media page, right? So, you know, my my social media is public because I have my my physician, my Dr. Karen Wingfield page is attached to it, and I do want that to be public. So I do have to be careful, right? Um, I don't have a young child that I'm worried about, and I think that's right. something, right? So even in terms of exposing family to the the nasties out there, because there are lots right. of nasties and there are trolls right. who literally just need to find something negative right. to say. Right. But I am, I am cautious in terms of the types of things I publish. Even sometimes I'm like, oh, I look good in this bathing suit. But you guys know I had the, the picture that I sent you of my weight mm -hmm. loss. I'm like, I can't put that out there because just for that reason, somebody may have a, something to say, you know, about me being in a bathing suit, you know? And I'm like, well, that's actually to show that I've lost 50 pounds, but that's okay. You know, it's crazy. 
Yeah, I'm looking all of these up. And I mean, there's some lots of similarities between the authors so far. To me, it's we're at a um, unique point in time in medicine, like kind of this intersection between, well, not an intersection, but just the social media is so prevalent now. I mean, <laughs> if you'd have told me 10 years ago that I would be doing a podcast trying to reach people um, in a casual setting, I wouldn't have believed that back then because things are changing. And I think there's so many different re ways to reach people now. Mm -hmm as a physician to educate? Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I mean, I think we definitely have to use all content, but I think that's not the point of this. What they're trying to say, and here's, here's the, I don't know if you've pulled up the figure, um, uh, Zanetta. <laughs> I'm going through it. have the unprofessional content, um, inappropriate offensive attire, we already talked about that, censored profanity. So that's like if you did, you know, ish or something like that, right? Censored mm -hmm. profanity, controversial social topics, like Do you what see? the heck? Is, is, is Black right. Lives Matter controversial? Political, like, what does that mean? political or religious comments? Yeah, and so this is the right. This is the thing. This is ridiculous. So it's ridiculous. Number one, because I don't know whose whose measuring stick they're using using in terms of what. But do you think that surgeons don't curse in the operating room? Like, <laughs> you know, like the reality is is that people are knocked out, right. and them doctors are cursing and swearing as they as they do in their business. I mean, what the heck? I don't understand what that has to do with anything and it, yeah. you know I, I, even when they it's, say clearly because that's potentially unprofessional and the clearly unprofessional is uncensored profanity so if someone uses a curse word that's unprofessional hmm, then we need to actually fire every single physician just about and start over again we have to take a break we'll be right back like what you hear make sure you rate and subscribe three left docs is available wherever you get your podcasts And, and then it's it really is tone deaf. I mean, if you look at the authors, I'm sorry. Like, who are you to say what's what's right and what's wrong? I mean, this is just a waste. And yeah. and so yeah. I, I guess how do we feel about one of the things I'm still trying to come to grips with how I feel about um, when when people make mistakes, when people in positions of power make mistakes. So, you know, during the Me Too movement, you know, lots of men made a lot of mistakes and they lost their jobs, right? They did very, did very bad things, lost their jobs. I'm a little bit concerned that um, this will somehow start to trickle down. And depending on what the next four years or so look like, how could this potential potentially impact people of color, right? So that if you say, you know what, I support, you know, Black Lives Matter, or I support something, and um, if the society as a whole doesn't support you, you know, could we potentially have a negative impact? Even if we're doing things that, that are true to us, do you see what I'm saying a little bit? I, I'm just a little bit concerned about it. Yeah, and I think that was my concern reading it as well. You know, mm -hmm. I think this kind of goes back to a very traditional view of what a doctor is or should be. Right. 
Um, and for me, the idea of like stepping outside of this very teeny tiny narrow little box that you're supposed to be right. as a physician was daunting to say the least. And then stuff like this is what reinforces it, you know? Right. Right. And so I guess that was my point at the beginning that I think that this kind of thing does reinforce all of that and, and kind of tries to keep you in a very well-defined position in society that may keep us from reaching people that you otherwise, you know, wouldn't reach or being vocal about what you support. Right. Because, because, it, could, because it could impact you professionally. Because um, I, I think some people, like, especially some of the, you know, people who may have lost their jobs, they're in a position that they can bounce back, they can recover, you know, they will be fine. But the everyday person um, may not. And so it, it just makes me nervous because I, I'm just imagining if you have a vascular surgeon, say a black female, who is one of the only residents in that program, and they went through her social media account and deemed it unsavory, what would then happen to her? Because we already know that, I mean, goodness, there's a target on her back already. And now you're, you're literally looking for a problem. I mean, potentially, but do you think that people aren't using or searching people's, you know, they're, all right, let me back up. The bottom line is that Google is used to search for people nowadays, right. even yeah. for, for residency. The, the problem that I have with the article, number one, the journal, I don't understand what they were thinking, why this right. was something that they felt was needed in the literature. And the fact, again, that there was somebody else stipulating what was professional versus not. Right. That makes absolutely no sense. And I think right. the criteria that you used was crap and drivel. So, you know, to your <laughs> point, could somebody, say, could somebody say, you know, oh, well, this person is gay. Yes. And that's a fear, right? So people mm -hmm. look at, you know, uh, people's private lives and say, mm -hmm. well, they can't be a good doctor because of X, Y, Z, or they don't fit into a certain mold. And I think that, to me, is the worst piece. The, right the censoring of individualism. I'm not talking right. about people who sexually harass someone or who raped someone. That's right. not the type of thing that I'm talking about in terms of mistakes, right? I, I think, again, drinking alcohol right, yes, right, right. is prohibited. And I didn't want to there, put there that on the same level. There were Right. And so I, but I mean, there are personal choices that people make. People, there are physicians who smoke. They didn't have that on there. Why didn't they have that? I feel like that to me is even more egregious in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. So who's gonna be the, who's the one to say what the standard is? And I, I just feel like, you know, people have got to grow up and realize that social media is here to stay. And to Tiffany's point, it is a, is a vehicle to reach people who otherwise may not be able to be reached and we need to embrace it. And there does not need to be stigma associated with it. Now, again, I feel like their methodology was flawed in that they went looking for people. They, this they, is not, they, they, this you know, is right. It's it's not like you know, and do do patients search and and Google and, and doctors? To me, this Absolutely, isn't ethical. Like, how did this? How this does not meet criteria for for it, it? It doesn't meet your ethical standard. And we're talking about professional versus unprofessional. You lied to get this information in the first place. Correct. So this Correct. entire study is based on um, deception. 
It's yes. unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. So, so I, I just feel like there's, there's so many things wrong with that, that, you know, I don't know that it really um, deserves much additional conversation, frankly. Right. Right. <laughs> Cancel. So. Delete. 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 I can't believe they did that. I am flabbergasted, Dr. Avery. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I don't I, see the, I guess I'm trying to figure out what's important about it. Oh, just that um, I thought for black doctors, this is just something we deal with, that there's always this something in the background mm. that you're supposed to fit into this. Okay, mold. let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that then, because well, that's a little that. different. We did, you didn't really, right. not well, really. let's talk about it. So, you know, in the background, when I read something like that, no, but that's the point that in the back of my mind is very much of like, okay, this is the box that you're supposed to fit in as a physician. And we are the judges of what counts as being professional. And anything outside of that is not a professional physician. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so when you're trying to do things in medicine that aren't traditional, and you have these very real reminders in your face that the powers that be um, are, are judging things, right? And are yes. looking at things that they need to be a certain way. I think that certainly impacts uh, black physicians. It impacts me, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, because I'm like, I'm not on social media in a bikini because I got sun issues anyway. So <laughs> my swimsuit is swim pants and a long sleeve shirt, but it's not so much troll my my Facebook and see if I'm I'm in pictures that are that you find inappropriate. But it is like, why would you take time to go out and see who doesn't fit into a box? Yeah, that you made up. And I think that's a different conversation, though, because frankly, when I look at the people, there's nobody on there that I would say is the the arbiter of 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 what what is a clinician? Like these people don't matter, right? None of those people who are authors matter. None of them, not a single one, right? But to your point, you know, when it comes to what we are doing as oncologists or what we are doing in our specialty, there may be some, to your point, there may be black vascular surgeons who may feel uh, pressure around what the expectations are. There are certainly those pressures that I felt as a black clinician about what the expectations are, even when it right. came to my hair, right? So I was remember say my, hair, hair, right? Yeah. Hair is a big one uh, for black professionals. Yeah. And so what, who is the one to make that decision yeah. about what is considered professional and what isn't? And that's a much bigger and more important conversation because from my perspective, you're right. We already have this not imposter syndrome, we, we feel oppression <laughs> because we know we're under a microscope right. already. Um, and this may add one additional layer of complexity in terms of people saying, oh, well, now people are going to be looking at my social media or whatever, and might they find something. The hair is a big one, right? What types of clothing people wear is another one. Makeup, whether or not people have false eyelashes or not, or have fingernails. Th those are all things that 
you know, again, have been a way to standardize people, but according to whose standards, usually a white male standard. Um, Judging know, by women. the authors of the study. Well, there was one white woman, wasn't there? Or at yes. least mm -hmm. one woman, I thought, on that There was one, yeah, woman. was one woman. And, yeah. and maybe one person of color. Really? Okay. Karen, do you think that impacts, so when, when you have a chance to go out and give talks and lecture, right? Social determinants of health, right? Which is not a traditional topic when you go to an oncology talk. Do you ever feel that expectation that you should be focused on something that is more quote unquote traditional and the fact that what you choose to focus your time on is more around social determinants of health and the big picture. Do you ever feel so, like that's an issue? Well, of course. I mean, it was earlier. Now I don't, and now I could care less. And frankly, social determinants <laughs> of health, that's now in vogue, right? Everybody yeah. wants us no, to talk about always. racism and, you know, diversity and inclusion, right? It wasn't always. And so right. to your point, when I first started my career, and I said, I want to be, I want to study health disparities. I literally mm -hmm. had someone say, well, can't you do something else? And my response was, I could do something else. I can right. do something else, but that's not what I want to do. That's not what my interest is. And I even had one of my mentors say, well, you know, your focus on disparities, it's going to slow your promotion. And it did. It slowed my promotion, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I didn't have, part of it because I didn't have enough support to do it, whether it be financial support to get the research done, but even in terms of mentorship support, because it was so atypical, particularly for a clinician and, and even more so for a radiation oncologist to be studying health disparities. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I had one of my, um, the person who controlled the purse strings string say to me, why don't you just do a descriptive analysis and talk about health disparities, you know, for each disease, each type of disease. And this is going to be quoted over and over and over again. And I didn't want to do that, though. Like, I really wanted to work on implementation and work on um, things that could help to solve the problem because the problems have right. been described for so long in the literature. Right. But because I didn't do what that person did, wanted me to do, I didn't get their support. Now, in hindsight, and again, part of it was me understanding the medicine piece. Nobody told me what the rules were. Maybe if I had just done that and, you know, had that person be a co-author and we could have been, you know, just like the Jamal papers, they, they get they get quoted over and over again, and they have a new standing thing where every year they get to do a report out, just a report of here's the health disparities, woohoo, right? Maybe that would have been the first thing I should have done, but I didn't know all the rules back then either. Um, my hope is that those rules will now change and that people won't be so um, not only judgmental, but then be passive aggressive when one of their mentees decides you know, I hear what you're saying and I, I want to help this, but I'm really interested in this. Can we do both or something? You know, like, I don't know, but I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, it's actually, I'm still trying to soak this all in because it's just disappointing to me that not only are the authors, but the journal is petty. Like, this is petty. I didn't realize that people would spend their time <laughs> trying to find out 
details of people's lives. Like, why would you waste that much energy? I just wouldn't waste that much energy trying to find out negative stuff about somebody, especially a colleague, especially a colleague in training that, you know, you were mentoring or, you know, that you can help in some way. I don't know. I, I just, it, it, it's actually, it's more disappointing because like Karen said, I mean, you already have all these stigmas that are already attached and you're already walking into a situation um, feeling disadvantaged to a certain degree. Yes. And, and, and yes. this to me is proof of it all. This is the proof that says that, I mean, Wow. But but is it? I just feel like it isn't. I feel like this is just some experiment and it was like horrible and poorly conceived. But do you so here's here's on the flip side of this. What yeah. if somebody had done this the same but had looked at racist speech? Then on I mean, people's private. Oh, right. So it, then I mean in the setting of today with because we know for a fact that racism impacts patients negatively. Unconscious bias, you know, this negatively impacts patients. In this study, they say themselves, hey, we have no proof that this impacts patients in any way. Like, we can't say that this does anything, you know, for their medical knowledge, for their behavior as physicians, or impacts their patients. We, we know that... Uh, that people of color don't do well in the healthcare system. So, so then, I, I, if I mean, they had we, talked they, about racism, you'd been okay with it. Well, I'm just saying, I, I, I think you don't start a paper using deception, point blank. I, right? I agree 100%. I, I don't care what it's about. I don't care what it's about. You don't start with deception. Mm. I think if mm. you're interested in, in what physicians have to say, and if you're say like, well, this could be perceived as racist, and you're making it towards a larger point because most physicians will say that they're they're not racist. They don't have implicit bias. You know, they treat all of their patients the same. And you can make a point that, hey, maybe you don't. Maybe some of these things that you're saying may impact people. I mean, as long as you're going towards a point. Yes. I, I, I'll, I'll go with you. I don't know what, what the point of, of the article <laughs> that Tiffany yeah. brought up was. I don't, I don't I just, get the point either. That's why I can't believe that journal decided to publish the it's drivel it's just ridiculous it's drivel that's my word yeah drivel that's the word for the that's day 2020. But, but for me it just like i think zanetta said just that there is some kind of box that you're supposed to be as a physician or something somewhere out there yep yeah and and karen you were talking about hair i i remember several people who cut their dreads Yes. In medical school. And I remember really? one guy, yeah, because they, they were concerned. They had to go to residency mm -hmm. interviews. Mm -hmm. And they said, mm -hmm. look, you know, I've grown these dreads since I was 10 years old, but I want to be a doctor. So I know I need to cut my dreads. And like, no one disagreed with them. No one said, no, don't cut your dreads. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And, and that's what it was like 10. 15 years ago. Right. My hope is that it's different. Even braids, frankly, were, right. oh, yeah. you know, I know you wear braids all the time, Z, and I love it. But I certainly was afraid, and that's why I was afraid to go natural. 
Well, and you notice I didn't do it until I moved. I never, I never felt comfortable to do anything different. In yeah. an academic setting. In an academic setting. Right, where, where someone is judging you. And that's the difference, right? right? In an academic setting, someone is always judging you because right. that's what promotions are, right? right. Promotions, while they claim to have some objective measures, if you look on websites at different institutions, there oftentimes is not really an objective measurement. It's pretty subjective. Mm -hmm. This person needs to be a national or international expert. What does that mean? Like, right? right? <laughs> so there is someone who's judging mm -hmm. and your chair is the one who has to put you up. And so that right. person, if they feel like you're difficult or you're being unprofessional, you know, right. air quotes, whatever they decide unprofessional is, then they absolutely can hold back mm -hmm. your recruitment. Um, I mean, not your recruitment, your promotion. And so that can indeed be impacted versus you being in private practice where the only measurement is, are you taking good care of patients, right? right? Are, you, are you bringing patients in? Are you taking good care right. of them? You know, uh, the, the, it's a very different right. ball game. Right. Nope. Ditto. I just cannot believe it. I think mm. I think if it, we need to write a letter and say, are you kidding? Right. <laughs> we need to write a letter well, to the article, letter to the editors, like, are you kidding? They already started <laughs> like all. a Twitter black, a, a backlash where people are um, posting pictures of themselves in bikinis. So. Yeah, but that's that to me, again, here's the issue. The journal should have like flat out rejected this period right how did that this get in not, like how did it get in it's nonsense it's it's nonsensical to to zanetta's point it's unethical because they pretended to be whatever it was to get access to gain access this is this is just poorly done and it really smacks in the face of you know when back in the day, all right, now we're going to talk about slavery again. But, you know, you think about the deception that was used to get blacks to enroll in clinical trials or other things like that, and the scars that it leaves in communities, right? And while this wasn't necessarily specifically talking about gender, this was definitely very gender biased in terms oh, of some of the conclusions. Yeah, the, the, the three, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Who's the editor yeah. of this journal? Mm -hmm. Here you know, we go. on the case now. <laughs> mm -hmm. She is mm -hmm. on the case. She is on the scene. And and which of the authors has a connection, right? <laughs> so unbelievable. And you think about all the things that <sighs> don't get published that people right. work on and spending all their little time. Sleepless nights. Wow. Unbelievable. Yep. Free Black Docs is not intended as medical advice. All opinions are our own. Free Black Docs is produced by Wings Productions. Like what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Docs is available wherever you get your podcasts.